Excellent. Um, so I told you a little bit earlier about um, coming back from Refresh. Um, and Rich kind of led really nicely into a bit of an illustration. This morning is a rededication service. Okay? And what that means is in the congregational church, which might not be in our name anymore, but it's still what we are. Um, we are... Uh, members of the church. You can become members of the church and you get to um, really serve the church through doing that. You get to kind of vote uh, and really be involved in the life of the church and how it works. Um, So every year we have a service where we just remind ourselves what it means to be dedicated, to be rededicated uh, to what we do. So dedication what does it mean? It means being persistent in doing something, to be able to give up other things, to be able to do something. Uh, and when we're talking about it, it's things that God's calling us to, and it's living as God wants us to, living as church and community. And what Rich did uh, the other day was an example of dedication. Okay, It wasn't something he had to do. It wasn't something that, um, although we have honored him this morning, he didn't do it because he knew we would, because he didn't know that we would. But he did it because it was something that he felt was right to do. He did it because it was a way that he could serve. He's probably getting really embarrassed now sitting at the sound desk there. He went out and he did something because it was the right thing to do. Now, it would have been easy for Rich maybe to have walked into that situation, seen this pile of stuff everywhere and thought, flipping it, what a mess. You know, Rich didn't come to refresh with us. Right, so it wasn't as even as if he'd had the benefit of that whole conference and then kind of came back and went, oh, I'll give back into this. Rich hadn't been away with us, but still, um, instead of looking at that stuff and going, oh, what a mess, well, they've left this, that's really annoying, he just got in with it quietly without anybody needing to know, without uh, an audience, without putting a Facebook status on or uh, an Instagram, look what I'm doing, look, oh, no, good. Right, Rich just went on and he did it, okay, and that's dedication. That's choosing to serve, that's being godly, that's following after God's heart, stepping into a situation and serving. Okay, so dedication to a cause. What I want to think about this morning, okay, first of all, it's that idea of what is dedication, okay, and that's what we've just been talking about. What is dedication? What is it to be dedicated? Then I want to look at why, okay, why should we be dedicated? Okay. If we don't do things as a church, they often don't get done. We've been talking a lot recently about the fact we've got a new staff. Okay. Uh, I've stepped into this role uh, as senior pastor. Uh, Libby stepped into a role as creative pastor. uh, And Lizzie's doing the work of the admin manager. But it's been said a lot. Just because people have stepped up into those titles of doing them, it doesn't mean that everybody else can sit back and do nothing. We need to get things done. If we as a church want to achieve what God's calling us to, we actually have to get on and do things. We have to be really persistent. Okay. Um, Jesus told a story about being persistent. Okay. About persistent faith. Uh, And he told it in Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. It says this. Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. He said there was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. 
A widow in that city kept after him. My rights are being violated. Protect me. He never gave her the time of day. But after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think. But because this widow won't quit badgering me, I better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. And then the master, as Jesus says, do you hear what that judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. How much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? So Jesus is talking about persistence there in prayer. Keeping on going. When things seem like a lost cause, and often we might look at what God's calling us to do and what God wants us to do, and we might think, actually, I can't have any influence over that. I can't do anything about that. And maybe you've tried and you've prayed into it and you've asked and asked or you've tried and tried at doing something and it just seems like it's not happening. Well, there's a lesson we can learn from this persistent woman. She badgers and badgers this church until actually it's not that she convinces him. It's not that she changes his mind and he says, yes, yeah, she's right, she needs this. It's that he's so fed up of her just going and going and going with this cause that he just says, oh, do you know, whatever, I better sort it out, otherwise she's just going to drive me insane. So, sometimes we just need to be more annoying, right, and more persistent in what we do. We just need to keep going, keep doing what God has called us to do, keep knocking on those doors until eventually uh, we get through. And Jesus told a story a little bit like that as well. In Luke 11, 5 to 13, it says this. He's just taught, taught people how to pray in, pray in the Lord's Prayer. And then he says this. Imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of night and said, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have a thing on hand. The friend answers from his bed. Don't bother me. The door's locked. My children are all down for the night. I can't get up to give you anything. But let me tell you. Even if he won't get up because he's a friend. If you stand your ground, knocking and waking all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give the Holy Spirit when you ask him? So again, there's this kind of thing of the whole point that Jesus is getting across in that story is that if you keep going point of annoyance (laughs) okay then you'll get what you want but he also says be direct he says don't try and bargain with God don't say like kind of like if you do this I'll do that Um, I'll do this if you give me this he says ask for what you need and remember that comes in the context that Jesus has just taught the disciples how to pray he's given them a model of prayer 
uh, in the Lord's Prayer where he asks us to pray for the things that we need. Give us today our daily bread. If we need something to do what God's calling us to, if we need something to keep being uh, perseverant, if we need something to keep being dedicated to his cause, then we ask God for it. So why should we be dedicated? Why should we keep doing these things? You know, often we look in the world at what we can get out of things. Okay, and in the Bible, it talks a lot about kings and rulers. And it calls us a royal priesthood. It says we're sons of the king, we're royalty. And I think in our world and in our heads, we get mixed up what it is to be royal. And we think, well, it means you get loads of power. It means you get loads of flash stuff. It means you get a really good lifestyle. It means you can just tell people what to do. It means you can say, get me this, and they'll bring it to you. But you know what? The Bible teaches us, and Jesus teaches us a very different idea of what it is to be king. And we have this concept of Jesus as a servant king. And in all his royalty, we have this image of him bending down and washing his disciples' feet and drying them off and serving them. And yes, God does want us to have power. God does want us to have influence. But he doesn't want us to have it so that we can use it for ourselves. He wants it, wants us to have it so that we can use it for good. We can use it to serve others. And we can see other people brought on by what God blesses us with. Kings are given influence and resource not to benefit themselves, but to effectively serve others. And servants are actually given the inheritance of the kingdom. The Bible tells us that as we serve God, he gives us the inheritance of the Son. So as we choose to serve, he gives us everything that we need, all the resources we need to ask him to do that. Do you know what? It can be hard to be dedicated It can be really tough to look at what we need to do and how we need to do it and keep with it. But there's something amazing about the human brain, okay? And we learn things by doing them. And the subconscious in our brain uh, and the things called neural pathways help us to learn things by doing them. Okay, if I looked out at you uh, right now and said, is anybody making an effort to breathe? Anybody want to put their hand up? Luke, shut up. Um, You're not. Right, we don't make an effort to breathe. You don't have to think about it. We don't have to all the way through the day think right in and out. Although, funnily enough, if you do start thinking about it, then you kind of may forget to breathe. Um, Things like sitting down at a table. When we go to sit down at a chair, we don't have to do all the calculations of balance and move. And when you get up from the table, you don't think, right, push back, knees in, stand up. You don't do it, you just do it. Just get on, you don't think about it. Um, Footballers learn through these kind of memories that they make by practicing. So that the more they do an action, the more they can then do it without thinking about it. When you play guitar, um, there's something called muscle memory. So I don't have to think about where a G chord is. I don't have to think about where a C chord is. Libby doesn't have to think about a G chord, a C chord, a D chord, an E chord. But when it gets to a B minor 7, then she has to think. Um, But we learn things just by doing them. 
And one of the things that we can learn to do is to learn to be dedicated and to learn to love and to learn to follow Jesus and what he wants for our life. And the more that we do it, the more automatically our response goes down those channels. Those neural pathways kick in and we have practiced what it is to be dedicated to Jesus' course, dedicated to following what he wants, dedicated to loving people. And so when we arrive in a situation, our natural response without even thinking about it, becomes to love people, becomes to serve God. I find that really interesting. But again, we might think that, you know what, it's all well and good saying I do these things in the first place and I get on with them and I practice them, but maybe I'm not good enough to be able to practice them well in the first place. So that actually what I've got is just going to be a kind of really kind of pale imitation of what God wants me to be. But then I started thinking uh, about a parable uh, that Jesus told about two builders. And we normally call them the wise and the foolish builders. And if you know the story from, from Sunday school, it's one of those real Sunday school stories. Um, one man builds his house on sand. And the other man builds his house on rock. One's got a really dodgy foundation One's got a really good foundation. And the rains come, and the waters rise, and the storms come, and the wind blows against both those houses. And the one that's on the rock stands up firm, and it stays. And the one that's on the sand falls down. And we think about this wise and this foolish builder, and we think that one probably built like a really good house on the rock, and he built it out of really good building materials and stuff. And the, the picture we get in the children's Bible tends to be this one bit on the sand, and it's all ramshackle, and it's all kind of put together like, I don't know, like that thing that Josh built out the back. So let's go and have a look at that. But do you know what? That's not the point. And I really realized as I was looking at it over the last couple of weeks that actually it's just what it was built on. The story is nothing to do with the skill of a builder at all. And actually, the picture might have been that the guy that built on the stone, built on the rock, might have built the worst house. Kind of, It might have looked terrible. It might have looked like it was going to fall down. The guy who built on the sand might have just built everything. It might have been built out of marble with pillars and glorious kind of, you know, curving staircases and all this kind of stuff. But actually, it was the foundation. It was what they were based on and where they started from that affected the outcome of what happened when the storms came. It doesn't matter whether we're a skilled builder. It doesn't matter whether you feel like the things that you've got to give to your dedication to God are really top class or where it feels like you're just throwing things together and doing the best that you can and just trying to build something up that's going to you know, provide a little bit of shelter. Because God doesn't call us to be the best. He just calls us to give our best, whatever that is. And he'll do the rest. But we start by building on him. So that if you took that shed thing of Josh's out the back, if those of you have had a look, no, and you, you kept that on a firm foundation and you pounded it with the wind and the rain and whatever, it, it, would, it would pretty much stay there. If you stuck it on sand, it would start to fall down. It may start to fall down anyway. Um, but we don't have to rely 
on our own skills. We don't have to rely on anything good about ourselves um, to do what God calls us to do, to be effective, to be dedicated to him. And this morning we have a chance to just say, okay, I want to rededicate. Those of you who are members of the church, you know, this is a time when we say, yeah, I need to remember that vow I made as a member of the church to serve this church and to give time and effort into this church. For those of us who aren't members yet, or, you know, maybe you're here for the first time or you're thinking about this for the first time, or you've never even made a decision which says, you know what, I'd like to follow what God wants for my life because it's a good life, because it sounds like the right thing to do. This morning, we're just going to just pray. We're going to stand together in a moment, and we're just going to make a declaration. Okay, God, take what little I have, place it on your firm foundation, and then I want to run with it. I want to be committed to doing what you want. So should we just stand together? Lord God, we thank you that you are someone worth dedicating our lives to. God, we thank you for your word in the Bible. We thank you that it tells us about who you are. We thank you that it shows your grace. Lord God, that anyone who comes to you can have a relationship with you. Lord God, thank you that you don't set standards that we have to achieve. Lord God, but you give us grace. Lord God, thank you that you are willing to forgive and forget anything that we do that is wrong. And this morning we thank you that if we've made that step before, if we've committed to you in the first place, Lord God, we thank you for that. Lord God, and we want to remind ourselves of what it means to follow you. And this morning, for any of us who who haven't made any kind of commitment to you, Lord God, maybe this morning we want to choose to say, okay, I'll give this a go. Lord God, I'll step away from the things of the world, the things that you don't want for me, and I'll step into living a life that follows after you that is full, and that is exciting. And Lord God, for those members of this church, Lord God, as we've committed to to doing your work here, not just to turning up every week and spending some time together, but to truly building an image of your kingdom in this place, to build a place where we love you and we love other people. Lord God, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would anoint us for that work. That you would fill us up. That you would send your power into our lives. Lord God, thank you for your firm foundation. Thank you that you call us to be influencers. Thank you that you call us to have power. But power for your name's sake. Power to serve people in your name. Amen. Amen.